Are you ready to hustle? Welcome to The Hustle with Justin Harrison, the ultimate podcast for money, motivation, and inspiration. In this season of The Hustle, we're focusing in on small business development. We're focusing in on side hustles, main hustles, and everything related to entrepreneurship. And today, on the line with me, we've got David, who is an import all the way from Ireland. And David has got some questions for us. Thank you, Justin. My first question is, how can I confidently as a musician go from charging mid-tier prices to premium prices for my, I guess, for my entertainment services? Yes, I mean, it's, it's actually a great question because I think whenever it comes to any kind of service industry, you've got to figure out how can you charge the maximum amount of money, but also, you know, it really comes down to providing the maximum amount of value. So the answer is actually, first of all, providing the maximum amount of value. You've got to be very unique from anybody else in your space. You've got to figure out what differentiates you. You've got to figure out what makes you unique, what makes you different, and what enables you to charge premium prices. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to understand that most of any product or service in the marketplace, it all comes down to supply and demand. The higher you are in demand, the more you can charge. Obviously, if you've got an empty schedule and an empty roster, you're pretty much going to charge whatever you can to make sure that you fill up some spots. The thing is, and this is the the sort of progress for most businesses and most people involved in services, you've got to start off doing the sort of mid-tier work and then ultimately fill up the roster so that you can charge more. So there's two approaches to this. One is you have sort of a mid-tier pricing structure, and that is to fill up the books. And then you have a high-end pricing structure, which you know you're not going to get that work all of the time, but that's going to be sort of your premium work that you target off. And then this is perhaps something you're going to ask in one of the other questions, but the price that you can charge really comes down to how valuable are you seen to be. So obviously, it's not just about how valuable you actually are. It's about marketing. It's about presentation, right? If we look at products that are well packaged, if we look at them and they've got expensive packaging, we generally prepare to pay more for it, even if the exact same product is in slightly cheaper packaging. We're very sort of influenced by what is in front of us. And so the best way you can go about increasing your value is to make sure that you're in demand. How do you make sure you're in demand? You've got to make sure that you're everywhere. You've got to make sure that you're being marketed. You've got to make sure that you're appearing in what I like to refer to as marketing by association channels. You've got to make sure that you are doing work in places that are very aspirational. Perhaps it's aspirational type of clients. And so I'll give you an example, right? If you are playing music for millionaires and billionaires exclusively at, let's say, billionaire parties, you're immediately in a very different category to the guy who's playing at every other wedding. You're immediately in a very different category to the to the musician that's busking on the street. So it's really about making sure that you put yourself in places that you come off as appearing to have more value than the average musician in your space. So it's one part positioning and it's another part strategy. And I think this is really the thing that a lot of people don't get irrespective of the business. So I'll give you a great example in my personal life. When I came off my big business failure that set me back and I literally lost everything, I sat down and I said, if I start again, where do I want to start? I want to start where I want to end. And so I focused on going and working with the biggest companies in the world. And that became marketing by association because immediately now I was the guy working for Amazon. I was the guy who was consulting to General Motors. And that by association brought me the best kind of customers at the highest 
rates that I could charge. So this is about positioning yourself in the marketplace. Does that make sense? Definitely does. Yeah. I think looking back on your point, you mentioned about, you know, playing for billionaires. I've got a good, a good experience at that. So just to maybe expand a little bit more, um, not only do I do play the musician as well, I'm also a digital marketing strategist. Um, and I use that to my extent, which I'll also elaborate in my second question. But, um, I played a, a performance. I think it was October 2019, got invited back in for New Year's party. December 31st, 2019. Um, and often I'm, when I'm performing, you know, I chat and mingle with clients and often the conversation comes up, you know, what, what, David, what do you do when you're not performing music? And that for me is kind of an, an avenue to step in to say, by the way, this is also my skills. And um, yeah, I mean, a couple of whiskeys, New Year's, celebrating, kind of drunk talk. That, that I've explained to them what I do in the digital marketing field. And the guy said, yeah, we'll get back to you. We need, we need a service like yours. And then sure to their word, first week in January 2020, the guys get back to me. It's like, come to the office. We want to chat to you about your other skills. That's January 2020. We're talking three and a half years later. I'm on a still on a monthly retainer uh, of 10 hours a week of digital from a client in the music sphere. So yeah, definitely try. Definitely in that you know ultra high net worth, I try to mingle and expand and offer what I do. And from that, I've been able to get a regular gig month to month, which has been fantastic. You know, David, the thing is, this is my same advice for whether you're a plumber, whether you're a musician, whether you're a doctor, it really doesn't make any difference. The best advertisement is to be on the job. And so if you understand that marketing and advertising is really focused on getting you to the job, the best work you can do is to be in front of the right kind of customers that connects you to their network. Your your network is your net worth, right? And so if, you, if you're if you a plumber, for example, why go and work on small houses in a poor area? Go and work on big, expensive houses in a very rich area because those are the kind of customers that you want. And so this is really about positioning yourself in the right networks, positioning yourself in the right places. And I'll often say to people, go and take on free work. Go and do stuff for free simply to position yourself in front of the right audiences. If you're sitting and you haven't got enough work, Go and volunteer your your work in the right circles and you'll be amazed at how the work comes to you. It's it's incredible. Definitely very beneficial. I think my my avenues also is trying to position myself as an independent, trying to stay away from the booking agencies that mark up those 40, 50 percent. So what I'm trying to do is, I guess, earn more, but essentially the client will pay less and get the same service at a better deal for them, but also at a better deal for me. And again, I'm trying to move away from the hourly rates to actual package rates. And that has worked for me quite well. And I think it's increased my margin in the last two years or so. Yeah. So let's, let's get into your second question. Cause I have a feeling we, we're going to be, we're going to be getting a lot deeper into how you reposition yourself. Yeah. So my question too, Justin is how can I massively accelerate and grow my online visibility as an artist? So, I mean, you're in the perfect position because, you know, if you look at social media, today it's very much entertainment based if you look at uh, tiktok for example tiktok educational content doesn't really do very well there but entertainment focused content does very well so you know it's social media is a fantastic place to to showcase what you're capable of it's also a fantastic place to showcase your creativity and i say to everybody today that your social media is actually the best reference for any kind of work that you're trying to do or wanting to do. And so when you're out there 
doing these gigs, perhaps you, you're at a, at a very luxury resort or you're at a high-end function, you need to be making sure that you're taking footage of everything. You need to make sure that you're capturing that footage. And here's the thing that nobody tells anybody about digital marketing and especially social media. You should never be selling your main product or service. You need to be selling yourself. You need to be selling the creativity that you bring. You need to, you need to sell uh, entertainment value. Don't focus on trying to get people to a booking form. The bookings will come. You need to focus on presenting yourself and talk about your industry. Talk about some of the places that you're going to. Talk about some of the clients that you're dealing with. Take people behind the scenes to see what it is that you do. Perhaps you're not doing work and you're working in the recording studio. That stuff should be filmed. That stuff should be broken down into 30, 35-second reels and distributed across TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. This is something you should be doing aggressively. And if you're not doing, and I tell everybody the same thing, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a dentist, whether you're a doctor, if you're not doing between six to eight social media posts a day, you absolutely do not understand social media marketing and digital marketing because this is about attention. It is about grabbing attention and getting the eyes on you. And I promise you, if you have a million people following you, your booking form will be full. It's as simple as that. The only reason your booking form isn't 100% full with the clients that you want is because not enough people know about you or know who you are. And the way to become known is a very simple two-part process. Number one, you've got to create a body of work online, which I, which I refer to as your social media, your content. And secondly, you've got to figure out a way to add credibility to that content. Because remember, the, the benefit of this phone that we've got in our hands is that you can compete with any big major company out there. One individual with a phone has the ability to reach the same amount of customers. But what differentiates the fact that everybody can pick up this phone and create content and those that really succeed? First of all, they make it about their audience, number one. Number two, they figure out how to add additional layers of credibility. Like I said, anybody can be on social media. What makes you different? It's going to be the clients that you have. It's going to be, you know, perhaps awards that you win. Perhaps it's going to be interviewed on radio, doing some TV stuff. You've got to figure out how to add those layers of credibility to your digital marketing. Digital marketing on its own is only going to be so successful. You need to bring the credibility layer. Definitely, yeah. And a big focus of what I do online is, generating online reviews so i use obviously use my google business profile and i've yeah managed to wrap to ramp up about 30 or 40 reviews um all quite detailed so generally obviously when yeah. someone's trying to hire a musician it's often a you know a once off quite an expensive investment and i've realized the value yeah. of reviews people going through um looking at keywords for online credibility i think you what you mentioned about you know posting six to eight times a day it sounds quite a bit daunting but that's, I guess, where I'm lacking at the moment. And I guess where I need the, the manpower and to allocate my time to invest in that to get more zeros on my followership. So let's break this down quickly. The average event that you perform at, how long is that performance? So again, looking at the package options, the majority of my gigs are weddings. So I focus on the pre-ceremony ceremony. That can be anything between, say, 60 and 120 people. And then you'd have your birthday parties, which can be kind of smaller scale say 40 to 60 people. And I guess the, the biggest would be maybe a corporate function that might have a maximum of say 200 people. And how long do you perform for at these events usually? Is it an hour, two hours, three hours? Between an hour and three hours, yeah. I, like I say, I sell the different package options. So minimum one hour, sometimes two to three hours. Okay, so you take a normal cell phone, a normal mobile phone, and you record that content. Have somebody record it. 
You've got an hour's worth of content. You've got enough content out of one performance to literally give you content for two, three weeks. And this is what people don't understand. People think you need to go and now suddenly produce content. It's like a separate thing. Do exactly what you're doing, but switch the camera on. <laughs> it's that simple. Do what you're doing, but switch the camera on. And then once you get past that performance, once you're done with it, you get back home, you get onto your laptop and you take out the best parts of your performance, 30 seconds in 30 second clips. And you Break those into, into reels that are gonna that you can publish over the next two to three weeks. Get to the next performance, do the same thing. If you haven't got anything on at the moment, focus on the stuff that you're doing in the recording studio. Focus on the story behind getting the customers. Focus on the story behind the event. Focus on your journey. There's an unlimited amount of content that you can create. You've just got to realize that this is not a case of going and sitting down in a studio and saying, now I'm going to record social media videos. This is about documenting your everyday journey. This is about talking about the events that you go to. There's interesting stuff that happens at every event you go to, 100% guaranteed, right? There may be funny moments. There may be sad moments. There may be, you, there, there may be interesting moments. Those are the things that you want to pull out and you want to blow up on social media because that equals followers. Followers equals credibility. Credibility and followers equals bookings. Definitely writing it down. Followers equals credibility equals bookings. Question three, um, I guess it, it builds up to what we've talked about already, is I want to get my wife centrally involved in my management and promotion, almost handing the reins over to her to do that documenting and following and marketing. Um, is that a wise idea to mix, I guess, business, management and marriage? Uh, it's a yes and no question. And so, you know, obviously the only person that can really reflect on what I'm about to say is yourself. And it's, and it's something you'd have to reflect on deeply after this podcast. I truly believe that couples that, that operate together and that are, have a shared value system and a shared vision and truly understand what they are building. In other words, in your case, it's Delaney Inc., right? That's the, the dream. Build Delaney Inc. If you have a partner who totally buys into that vision, who totally understands you better than somebody that you could employ as a PA, as a booking agent, that truly understands the essence of who you are, the clients that you would say yes to, the clients that you would say no to, the interviews that you'd say yes to, the interviews that you'd say no to. If you have that person and you happen to be lucky enough to be married to that person, the answer is unequivocally yes. And I'm in that situation where my wife we have a big shared vision. We work on it constantly. We talk about it constantly. And people say, oh, but you never step away from business. But that's the whole point. If you really love what you do, you actually never want to step away from it. Holidays are for people who want to escape their reality. If you truly love what you want to do, then if you've got a partner you can share it with, it becomes incredible. But then we have to be practical about things as well. So the question you have to ask yourself is, can I afford it? And if the answer is yes, you can afford it. And if the answer is yes, I have the right person in my, in my corner, then you need to go for it. If there is any doubt in your mind that there may be conflict created out of it, if there's any doubts in your mind that maybe your partner is not going to live up to your expectations or vice versa, and it's going to create conflict, my advice is pay somebody a salary, train them up well, and let them do their thing and keep your marriage clean. But if you are fortunate enough to have that one in a million marriage where your partner is that person and you believe that if you hand it over the reins, they could run it as well as you can run it and make decisions the way you make decisions, 
then the answer is yes. Yeah, and I think I've I've built I've kind of looked you know at his strengths versus weaknesses and seen you know do the do the benefits outweigh the weaknesses and I definitely think um, you know some of her strengths that complement my lack of, I guess my lack of strengths is she's very much a people person she's good at connecting she scans the room she can you know introduce herself to people she has wedding planning experience. Um, yeah, she's she's very much she's a connector. She makes things happen. Which um, whereas my, I tend to be a little bit more withdrawn, very much focused on the performance, zoned into you know to my melodies, to my tracks. And I think yeah, she has values. And, I got, I've, and again, you talk about the one in a million. And you know, I've been in previous relationships before my marriage. You know, where where the fact that I was going out gigging, and obviously I'm in front of a lot of people, in front of you know young adoring women and it can always it always was a clash um my wife's very aware of that she's very mature she can handle that um she knows what comes with the i guess the baggage of what comes with being a you know a public face and a performer and i think yeah she does have personal skills and professional skills that can definitely complement me that allows me to focus on my art giving my best performance while she helps to grow my brand in the background i've always been very conscious of attracting people into my life that that have the strengths that I don't have. And it's about finding people who are not exactly the same as you, but are able to fill in your weaker points. And as a man, I can tell you that there are certain things that we just can't do in terms of soft touches that women are naturally better at. And the most successful entrepreneurs I've ever seen have a strong man and a strong woman. And the woman does a lot of the connecting behind the scenes, does a lot of the soft touches, remembering birthdays, following up gently to keep this, the conversation alive, keeping, keeping the network together, which we as men are often not good enough at because we just don't have that soft touch. It's not natural to us. And I can tell you that if you're lucky enough to have a partner that is like that, then you absolutely need to make sure that you guys hustle as a team. Because when you hustle as a team, the world is yours. Believe me, behind every successful person is a bunch of successful partners, whether it be business partners, whether it be suppliers, whether it be you know a wife, whether it be a husband, you will always succeed best when you have people in your corner. And here's the thing, because I know exactly what you're talking about. When you're up on stage talking, when, I mean, I'm in those situations often, everything blurs to me and I'm focused on delivering my message. I'm focused on delivering the content. I'm focused on reading the 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 sentiment of the, the room as a whole, but I don't see the individuals. That's where my wife comes in. My wife comes in and she picks up the individuals. And those individuals are often the people that become part of our bigger journey. Most of the time in fact. So my advice to you is absolutely if your partner is in that in that role, you need to you need to figure out how to make it work. In fact the number one skill set that I teach to to husbands and wives in terms of growing their net worth and 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 creating a life of substance is for them to figure out how to network as a couple. And what that means is networking as a couple is one has to do the hard touches, one has to do the soft touches. And I can tell you, and this is not a sexist thing, but men generally are not good at soft touches. You need somebody who can do the soft touches. And if your wife is such a person, you need to go in there with everything you have. And you guys need to make sure you become the perfect partners at events to make this stuff work. Yep. I think you've definitely alleviated any doubts. I think I was focusing too much maybe on our technical weaknesses and, you know, things like sound and and you know, need to focus on those soft, soft touches, which would definitely complement and work work together and network as a couple.
If you found value from this episode of The Hustle, be sure to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcasting app. And while you're there, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button depending on your platform. And remember, hustle makes muscle. Stay motivated by The Hustle. Talkers talk, but hustlers hustle. Find more episodes at ecr.co.za or your favorite podcast app.